And thank you for joining us for our second week of studies from the book of Ephesians on in our uh, Hour of Grace presentation, four 15-minute Bible studies each week, and we're working through the book of Ephesians. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the freedom we have to open your word, to share it, to study it, and also apply it to our lives. And may we be attentive to it. May we listen to your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed our first uh, eight verses that we covered together uh, last week. And uh, our, our plan today on verses 9 and 10, then we're going to do a little bit something different today, I'll explain to you. But uh, before we do that, I think it would be good for us to uh, put our verses 9 and 10 together with the thought uh, from last week that we ended up with. And that is, uh, let me read from uh, verse 6 uh, to where we are today. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And then we begin verse 9. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. I also would like to just read this from the New King James translation because as we study this, there are a couple of really important uh, phrases and words here that were in the older uh, English translations that are part of our theological backgrounds. I think it'd be important, well, it is going to be important for us to discuss them. So let me read to you from uh, the New King James. This is what we'll be looking at as we uh, continue our study. And uh, let me begin at verse 9. Have he made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And we're going to be talking about this word, the, the dispensation, the fullness of time, the key word here, the, the mystery of his will. As I was preparing and studying and looking at this and preparing my thoughts for this this very important section, uh, it really occurred to me that this 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 section here is really developed and connected with some very important uh, passages, really all of chapter two and into chapter three. Very important passages, understanding uh, the ministry that the Apostle Paul had. And this new body of Christ, this new entity, and, and I want to talk about this. But in, in thinking about that, another thought occurred to me, and that is, as, as somebody said, uh, as we were talking about this, sometimes when you're doing what we call exegetical Bible study, we're, we're going through it, as you notice, verse by verse, few verses a day, and that's going to be our plan. The challenge in that, I don't want to say the danger, but the challenge in that is the old the old proverbial thought that I'm sure you've heard that sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees. And if you think about that, of course, the meaning is if you want to enjoy and, and see a forest, if you wanted to study a forest, uh, you stand back and you look at the forest. It might be from below looking up. It could be from a hillside looking down into a valley. I mean, you know, you, you see the entire forest, maybe even an aerial view. You see the forest, and you see the entirety of the forest, and you and you get that, that beauty of it, and it really puts it in perspective as you think about 
the small parts of that forest. Then you go down in the forest floor and you study the trees. If you're gonna study forestry, you've gotta do both. You get down and study the trees, and of course, then you can only see a certain distance in front of you. Uh, and pretty soon all you see are the trees and you lose perspective on the entire forest. Well, you need both. If, you, if you're gonna study forestry and if you're really gonna understand the forest and appreciate it, you need both. You need to see the forest and you need to really see the trees up close that make up the forest. And of course, this applies to God's word. The danger always, as we move through verse at a time, is we, we forget the bigger picture that it's part of. And I want to remind you, and, I, and I'm going to offer, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what our, our plan will be here today. Let me just say up front, uh, this, this week will be, uh, the old style, uh, hour of grace that I mentioned my, uh, my pastor, Pastor Lloyd Peterson did back in the sixties and early seventies, where it was actually an hour and 15 minutes. We're going to do four Bible studies this week, but I'm going to do something a little different today. I just want to talk to you for a little bit about something important. And then we'll do four more studies this week as we continue this important section from chapter one. But obviously what I'm saying is, I think it'd be a good time for us to just to stop and look at the forest and get that big picture and get some of these key phrases and key thoughts and key ideas that connect together. So as we go through these verses, like we're gonna do in verses nine and 10, and we see these words like, talk about the word dispensation and talk about the mystery and God's will and the revelation. Then you'll connect that with, oh yeah, chapter two and three really developed that. And then we see application in chapters four, five, and six. Chapters, the first half of the book are gonna be very, very uh, important understanding what we call theological basis and truth. Chapters four, five, and six are gonna be amazing application in all areas of life, our family life, our work life, our personal life, the, the spiritual warfare. It all goes together. So I think it's a good time that we uh, kind of step back. And so here's what I'd like you to do. Uh, I would I would like it if you would just uh, kind of pause here. I don't mean pause right now, but after we're done here. And if you would take a, some time. It's about 20 minutes to read through the book of Ephesians. And I'm not sure if maybe you haven't done that. Maybe you've already done that as we begin to study together. Do it again. Uh, I would like to suggest to you this would be a good time for us to just stop and read the entire book. I mean, think about the original context. I know I mentioned this briefly in our first lesson. Here you've got this early church, this first generation uh, Christian church, started in the synagogue in Ephesus when Paul went there and we saw as we looked at that from Acts, he went there and, and, and talked to people and then he had to leave, but people left with him. And they had the genesis of this church. In that synagogue, there were there were Gentiles as well. We see in the Acts, we call the God-fearers. These were Gentiles who were really attracted to Judaism, to the high ethical standards of Judaism. Judaism had high ethical standards compared to the pagan culture around them. And we saw that as, as they, they left, and Paul went to the marketplace, and he began to witness, and people came to Christ. And in that time he was there, this this this, this church really gelled but it's this mix of people, these Jews and these Gentiles, completely different backgrounds in, in their faith and religious practices. And what did they have? They would gather on the first day of the week. First day of the week, the reason the early church gathered the first day of the week, and we still continue that tradition, is because it is Resurrection Day. It's our Sabbath. We Christians have chosen that because it was the day the Lord rose from the dead. It was a working day in the Roman world. So they would have to gather in the evening 
And that's why they had always it appears a common meal with uh, celebrating uh, communion, we, we say as well. And, but they would have a common meal together and then stay for, for study and for worship. We'll see in Ephesians and we'll see this in Colossians that they sang together and they taught themselves through music. And they began this time of study and worship and, and fellowship. But what did they have when they, when, when they got there? They didn't have a Bible, of course. Uh, the old, those who came from the Jewish background, the Old Testament scrolls are very large scrolls. They're in the synagogue. There's no pocket versions of those. And uh, they had portions of it written down in places in their home and in their personal possession and so on. But they would, remember when Paul went to and it says he came to Berea. And it says the Bereans were more noble if, because they went to the word of God to see if what Paul said was true. And, and it tells you that they came back each week. So they would come back and during the week they would open up the scrolls and they would look at them and they would pour over the, the sections that Paul was referring to that talked about the Messiah and about the Christ. And they would pour over those. The New Testament church, as far as we know, the gospels aren't circulating, certainly as a volume yet. They had the traditions, they had the sayings of Christ probably that were the oral traditions, but we don't think that the books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were circulating. In fact, many scholars believe the first group to really circulate were the Pauline epistles with the book of Hebrews as well. That's another study. But that, that was the first to really kind of circulate as a volume. So you can imagine this church at Ephesus. Here these people get together, this, this young church and this mixed background, and, and they're hungry for revelation from God and for his teaching. And a letter is arriving from the apostle Paul from prison, we believe in Rome, as he sends this prison epistle, we call it. But it's a letter. Letters are meant to be read in one setting. You don't get a letter from someone you love and you're desperately waiting to hear from and you get that long email, okay, or a letter. You don't read a, a paragraph and then go back and dissect that paragraph. No, you read the entire thing. You get the whole picture. Then you might go back and look over, well, what does this mean? And and, and, and review these, these thoughts. So you can imagine as they gathered to hear this letter from the Apostle Paul. And also we know that these epistles were meant to be read audibly. They weren't distributed, they weren't hand copied and handed out to everybody. Eventually copies were made and passed to other churches and so on. But they were they were they were written to be read. They were epistles. And so I want to challenge you and just ask if you would do do this uh, as we continue this study. It's a good time to just stop for a minute. We should have done this the first week, maybe. If you haven't done this, and again, even if you had, let's do it again. And that is, let's sit down and just read the epistle in one setting. Get the whole thing. Don't stop and dissect it. Don't stop. Just read it like you're hearing it for the first time. Maybe even read it in a different translation than you're used to, to studying or reading. It takes about 20 minutes. Or, even better yet, maybe, I'm going to try this. I haven't done this before with this epistle. Listen to it. You know, uh, you could go to your, your iPad, your phone, your computer. I took my iPad and I just, I opened up and I just I just typed in audio Bible. And man, there's like all these things show up right away. You're, you're smart enough. You, you found these YouTube videos. So you're smart enough to do this. Gateway Bible, Blue Letter Bible, uh, Version Bible. And a lot of times you can just go to it and there'll be, a, there'll be a click to say, listen. And you can click it and you can just listen to it audibly. And maybe to enjoy what the Ephesian people did the first time around, just listen to it. Listen to it like you've, you're hearing it for the first time. We're going to continue our 
our, our verse by verse study and we don't make any apology for this not everybody likes this kind of study but i hope you're enjoying this and uh, during these very uh, stormy and <laughs> different times right now that we're all going through and we're going to get through it and uh, god we're, we're trusting god we're going to get through this together but during these really turbulent difficult times and uncertain times Hopefully this is something in your life that maybe just a few minutes, just some uh, calm study from God's word. We're just going to do what we always do and let God speak to us and apply it to our lives that uh, this will be a value uh, for us. And so, and, and you know, in, in the context, this is the way God's people have always done it. In the Old Testament context, I, I got a friend here of mine that uh, someone gave to me. Uh, he's a Jewish rabbi. And I like to think of my uh, my dad's mother. They were Frankos. Uh, they were Sephardic Jews in uh, Islander Rhodes. And on her, on his dad, my dad's mother's side, they were rabbis. Uh, it was a rabbi Franco. And uh, what do they do? They 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 would study God's word and think of all the tumultuous times they've been through, and yet to to, to study God's word and and to go over it and apply it. And, and his life changes as the history of the Jews as they went to. To, to, to their own land. Then they were taken off the land, went to Babylon, then all the centuries and all. How do you apply the word? How do you apply the Old Testament? They'll go back and study it. In the time of Christ, they developed what we call, day, call now today the Mishnah, which was made up kind of of two books. And it's a volume, it's a book that is applying the Old Testament, the five books of more, Moses, to their everyday life, especially under Roman occupation, for example. What does it mean to be an occupied people and to live the way God wants you to. And then eventually those were, they were into a, the, what we call the, the Talmud, which is a whole shelf of books based on the Mishnah, based on the five books of Moses. Well, you know, this is the tradition that uh, that, that, that we as, as Christians as well, this is what we have. This is God's revelation to us. It's one book. I mean, think of it. This is God's revelation. It's one book. And so it's worth our time Yes, going through section by section, verse by verse, and really looking into it, and really taking some serious thought, and really digging in, and asking some serious questions, and wrestling with some things. But at the same time, we want the big picture. We don't want to lose the forest through the trees. And the book of Ephesians is a beautiful forest that uh, covers a, a beautiful landscape. And in order to really appreciate it and apply it to our lives, uh, we're going to go through it verse by verse. But so here's what I'd like you to do. Take a few minutes. It's about 20 minutes between now and our next study, which we'll have, we'll have for you tomorrow. And then we'll do four lessons this week. So it'll be our hour and 15 minutes, our hour and 15 minute of grace this week. And take 20 minutes and either listen to the book of Ephesians like the, the people at Ephesus did the first time, or just sit and read it yourself. Look at the look at the forest. And then we'll come back tomorrow and we will once again uh, look at the trees and try to help put these things together. God bless you. Thank you for taking time. I really do appreciate it. I hope this is meaningful to you. And uh, you pray for our ministries, the Brian Bible Church, as well as we reach out with the good news, the gospel of the grace of God to our community and to our world. Thank you.